I'm here with Ben Kristoffik. He suggested the name of the podcast be Fireside Chats with Dan. So that'll be the running title for now. <laughs> I love it. I was thinking we could talk sound. Yeah. And music and tone and what it means to put together a pedal board Gosh. and everything that goes into that. Dan, do you really want to be here for hours? Well, we'll, we'll start out <laughs> We'll start out small. Okay. Um, as a uh, description of, say, two of my audience members, I have two guitar students, and uh, one of them started being interested in playing the electric guitar. Okay. And uh, he hasn't even tried a pedal before. And I was right. thinking maybe that would be the kind of audience we'd have. Someone who has never had a pedal before, doesn't know what they do, right. and um, and what it's like for that to scale. So we'll, we'll oh. talk first. First pedal that you ever had, what was it? First pedal I ever had. First pedal I think I ever tried was a wah pedal. I think I borrowed my dad's or something like that. Like no overdrive or anything like that, just like straight, you know, guitar, wah, amp. That was fun. Uh, but the first, the first actual pedal that I had that was mine that I used um, was a Boss ME50. It's like this little blue little guy. Truthfully, for what it was, it was a really powerful little guy. Um, a Boss ME50, it's, it's actually a multi-effects unit. So uh, a lot of pedal boards that you see have the individual units, and they do, and the un units do different things. Um, but there are some, they're called multi-effects units. It's, it's, um, it's the, the pedal board itself is like an enclosure. Um, and there are a bunch of, excuse me, a bunch of buttons and knobs and switches and stuff on it. Um, but all of the effects are just in that one unit. You plug into the input and then you take the output and you can do a whole bunch of stuff within that. So mine was like a real small multi-effects unit. And I really enjoyed it. I used it for years. I think I remember one of the first pedals I got was, uh, was a wah pedal. I remember that blew yeah. my mind. Yeah. I had no clue that anything was out there other than amps, you know, yeah. I had no idea yeah. any of the effects on amps. I used to play with effects on amplifiers all the time. You yeah, try that, to get new sounds. Line six spider. Yes, actually specifically the line six spider. <laughs> what was line six insane? Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. It was basically the most you could get out of digital, uh, distortion before which is not not saying before much. it uh turned into right? yeah pretty much just like mush <laughs> yeah but that's okay so let's talk yeah so imagine you have um you have a wah pedal yeah. and you're you're running your wah pedal into your amp and then you realize you can also get delay yeah right you can have a pedal for delay and it can yeah. it can a second note or multiple notes after that note right. that come up would you want to put that before your wah pedal or after your wah pedal in the line? So it goes guitar to one of your pedals to yeah. one of your pedals and then into your amplifier. Right. Okay. So generally two different um, types of guitar effects. Dry effects is one and then wet effects are another. Um, and the difference is um, a, a dry effect alter the tone of, of remember the signal that's coming actually straight out of your guitar. Um, so if you plug into a wah pedal, you know, and you're using that, it's going to sound different, but it's still, you know, it's affecting the signal coming out of your guitar. But while it sounds different, it there it's not like the sound lingers. Um, it's pretty much, you know, you're playing and the sound is coming out from what you're picking, but as soon as you're done, it stops. Um, and there's no lingering sound effects. That's a, that's an example of a dry effect. A delay is a wet effect because you are playing notes, you're playing different things, and then when you're done playing, like so if you stop playing, the, the delay will continue to play. So that's considered a wet effect, um, uh, guitar effects that um, continue to produce sound even after you've like muted your strings or whatever. Um, those are called wet effects. The general order is you go all of your dry effects first and then the wet effects. So you'd put, in this case, you'd put the delay 
after the wall pedal. Um, now people do crazy combinations to get real wacky sounds and stuff like that. So it, there's certainly there. Are, first thing to know about building a pedal board is there are no rules. Um, but the general rule of thumb is you put your dry effects first. Yeah, and and so in the lineup, where would distortion fall? Would that be in your dry effects? Yeah. So okay, that's actually a really good question. Um, distortion. Is, so assuming with that same setup of the the delay and the and the and the wah pedal. And right? we're assuming you have like a, a line six plug-in where you want to get your insane <laughs> distortion. <laughs> we we can assume this is your pedal board. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, okay, so, or, well... Well, let's be specific. Let's say you have a line six and you're using it as a pedal. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just kind of oh. like, you're just kind of stepping on that, that, oh uh, my. that button. All right, well... <laughs> no, but, okay, to, no, all right, well, okay. Oh, gosh, you're kind of throwing a, a monkey wrench into it because you're really not supposed to do that. Not that, not that it's bad, but just your way of actually doing that. You'd have to look... Oh, goodness, you'd have to look to see the specifics of the board ideally so to get more specific with the order of effects um you would want the wall pedal actually like first in the chain or very first there's a few other ones you would put before it but you want it before the overdrive because the um the wall pedal isn't going to distort the sound it just kind of changes the frequency of it um so it doesn't really change the characteristics of the sound other than like the actual frequencies and it kind of wobbling back and forth the distortion or the overdrive will change the sound like will legitimately change the the sound um so then any kind of um wah pedal or thing that kind of modulates to sound like that a little bit or for example octave effects um you want that first before the overdrive because then that you're getting like the cleanest rawest sound even if you're using a wah pedal the cleanest rawest most pure sound then that goes into the overdrive um and then from the overdrive you'd go into your delay or whatever now with the with the line six You'd have the issue because you have, say, if you have a wall pedal on delay, um, if you have a, if it, actually, in this example might not work out the worst, it might not actually be the worst situation because if you really did only have a wall pedal on a delay, your sound going into your amp is still going to be a, a clean sound, it's still going to be a, a pretty pure sound from that standpoint, so then you could run distortion from your amp and it would be okay um, because... It's still like a clean sound. Now, wh wh where now where you would run into issues if is if you had say one distortion pedal in your chain, and then you ran that into the amp, and then you used the like the line six and eight, <laughs> whatever. After that, then you would run into issues because then you're starting to stack things, um, and really when you stack effects or specifically specifically stack overdrives, um, which means you're using one one overdrive on and then you throw another overdrive on top of that and you know maybe more sustain or something like that um you really got to be careful about that because if you do it wrong it just sounds bad so in a situation that's what i'd be leery of that, that situation you know you have one overdrive sound but then if you throw another one on um it might not sound the best come from does that kind of make sense yeah i hear that the alarm is going off for uh bagel bites it the, is all right so the microwave will, is going will, off this will be the first ever sponsored um, advertisement in Fireside Chats with Dan. Um, bagel Bites, they are delicious and quite frankly bring friends together. Yes. So we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get some snacks. We're gonna take a break here yeah. and and, uh, and get some snacks, <laughs> and then we're gonna be back and talking about frequencies. Yes. We'll just leave it recording. It's, honestly, these are gonna have to cool. So let me just run up and get them out of the oven. All right. I'm looking at. Uh, so while Ooh. while he's doing that, Mama. I'm uh I'm currently looking at uh, video footage 
from the Sony RX100 Mark IV. Uh, this camera is very small and it takes uh, very uh, high frame rates. So that means that it takes um, up to a thousand pictures a second. And uh, I'm just looking at video footage here. Uh, it is a it is a small camera, and I may get one and bring it with me on my next trip and take some slow motion video. The video for this is just incredible. These are gonna be like unreal hot, so we'll just have to wait for them to cool. Yeah, and Ben has a wireless lav mic, so he's actually up in the kitchen getting bagel oh, bites wait, I and he's live still on and you can hear me oh it's great <laughs> this is funny because the break might actually be part of the podcast oh so it's like a it's like a sponsored break but not yeah like how much more would someone want bagel bites if they heard bagel bites being scraped off of whatever it is that you were cooking yeah, I'm them sure on it sounds delightful uh, i'm sure it does too okay Okay. Oh my goodness. Those Dude, look they great. smell good, don't they? <laughs> so apparently there are some negative reviews on this camera as well, so I'm, I'm oh, seeing really? those come up. What are the negative reviews? I, I haven't figured out why. I think it, it must have to do with battery life, and uh, I think the resolution is, is very much uh, decreased. No surprise there. But I think, oh, yeah. I think you end up shooting in, in, um, in like, uh, like 240p. To get up oh god to get up to a thousand frames a second oh that's terrible yeah but of course it's a thousand frames a second with a pocket camera so there's a, there's a trade-off there all right here hold these <laughs> there we go i like it cheers oh wow not too shabby huh <clears throat> so let's see i'm going to look up rx um rx 100 and then five Oh man, hmm. that's gorgeous. Also, that's gorgeous. Oh wow! Oh, mm. that's legit. Oh man, so All we're right. we're looking at slow motion footage from this camera. I know this this uh, podcast is going to be supposed to be about sound, but uh, since I'm here, we're also looking at light. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit it and post it. That's right. Ah, right. we're live. Live in the studio. I think you named this studio Paps Studio. Paps Place Studios. Man. Paps Place Studios. Yeah, yeah. Because th- this used this used to be my uh, used, this used to be my Paps Place. <laughs> really redundant. Well, no, then that's to, the story. <laughs> this, used be, this used to be my Paps house, um, and then when he passed away, mom kept it in the family, and I kind of took over the basement here and set up some fun music stuff. And by fun music stuff, he means he packed the room. <laughs> From basically wall to wall, just all around the walls, there's guitars on one side, there's pianos on another, there's racks of amps and and uh, sound equipment, and then three computer monitors next to each other because he cannot be contained by one computer <laughs> monitor. Well, okay, like, you're doing a lot of stuff, you have different plugins open. So. Even I only have two, and I, <laughs> and I work with video. <laughs> you only have two? Yeah, I, really? I only have two. Yeah, one one side by side. I understand the the usefulness. He has <clears throat> currently in in one monitor. He has Ableton, right? Yeah. Good good yeah. for sound. 
In another one, he has YouTube because his friend was watching video uh, from one of the new cameras, the the Sony camera that does slow motion. Uh, That was me. Uh, And on the other one, he has a a picture of a goat. Because why not? The goat's my background. The goat's my favorite mountain animal. Okay, my favorite my favorite animel. I will say my my favorite animal. I will say that's a good use of of a um, screen there. Well done. So uh, we were talking about guitar and tones, and you mentioned that um, a wah pedal will change the frequency. In in a nutshell, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now for some wavers, yeah. So if you're looking at so like if you look at a specific note, it wavers the frequency of that specific note, kind of back and forth. and... And there are some people who actually don't know what that sounds like or what a frequency is, and. And to give a, a quick explanation, sound is made up of a range of different frequencies. And your wah pedal determines how some of those frequencies change, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so as you move the pedal up and down, it kind of fluctuates between a range of frequencies. So <clears throat> um, different wah pedals are set up differently. But like, so if the wah pedal is not engaged, you have your normal sound. Then once it is engaged, you still stay with your normal sound. However, you can move the pedal like down, and it kind of boosts more of the higher frequencies a little bit. Um, you move the pedal back, you like kind of rock it back, and it kind of boosts more of the lower frequencies. In a nutshell, it's kind of how it works. Dan wished my answer was longer so he could continue to eat. <laughs> yes, because I just stuffed myself with a, another bagel bite. That's okay. And these frequencies, um, that's what gives you feedback. Say when you're walking around a room with a microphone, and it starts to give you that sound that kind of builds that's one frequency that is louder than the other frequencies and when it comes through the um the speaker or through the amplifier that one frequency is picked up by the microphone again it goes through the amplifier into the microphone which Mm -hmm. comes out of the amplifier back into the microphone out of the amplifier for that microphone Mm -hmm. back into the same microphone and it makes it louder and louder and that's why you get feedback yeah but it's that specific frequency. So when you walk into a room and you want to have less of that, how do you decrease that frequency on the microphone? I know we were talking about pedals, but you yeah. probably have a pedal that does this or you have a different piece of equipment that yeah, does well, this. Yeah, well, you know what? If So kind of the more stuff you add into a guitar signal, uh, the more prone you can be having to feedback because you got to think about what are guitar pickups. Well, basically, it's like a microphone. Um, it's the same kind of standard technology that a microphone is. Um, and so sometimes you see if a guitar player is playing something like that he'll be playing then if he turns around to say adjust something on his amp um the pickups then face the guitar amp and it kind of becomes that same circle or same uh feedback loop. same yeah same loop sorry yeah uh, that same loop that you were talking about there with the pickups and the guitar thing so um what you do um well, guitars are a different animal so uh, with that you kind of just like don't face your amp <laughs> um there isn't a um, there isn't a, a, a default go-to f- for that. You can maybe adjust some certain frequencies on it. Um, but specifically with electric guitars, you kind of, there really isn't so much of a thing. You can just a- adjust different different effects, like the levels of them, because maybe one effect is running like super hot or something like that. Specifically for a microphone, so what you do, um, and if you go, if if you're ever around like a professional setup and like um, say like say like a church, okay, you imagine you're in a church. Um, you know, on rare occasions, maybe sometimes depends on the church, but like in a big church, you never, ever, ever, ever hear the head pastor's mic feedback. Maybe once there would be an accident or something like that, but for the most part, you would never, ever hear that. Why is that? Because it's a big room, lots of speakers everywhere, you know. Um, what you were saying about that feedback loop, 
it kind of gets stuck on certain frequencies and it you know stays in that that loop and it goes around again basically you, using uh what's called a frequency analyzer you can see what those frequencies are or sometimes you can even just hear it um and then you basically just turn down the volume level of those very specific frequencies the higher end systems that do that they get very 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 specific so that you're not affecting the sound of any of the other frequencies just the ones that are feeding back so that's basically what you do you just you take the frequencies that are feeding back and you turn them down is it possible say if, if you had a very good ear for frequencies yeah could you um say if you're a singer and you have that ear or mm-hmm. if you're a singer and you maybe have that frequency uh analyzer uh-huh. would you be able to change your voice to fit in specific frequencies and in that um in doing so maybe help it fit in the mix better say for example you have a a, a woman singing a song okay the woman has a you know a high voice you know most 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 women that's they're singing they're singing a higher voice certainly higher than a man um you know so imagine the band's playing the song and the band sounds pretty good um but the woman who's singing it maybe she the mic she just had maybe the guy before her, like maybe some guy specifically you know a male before her was singing um and the mic was eq'd and set up for the man so this woman gets in to sing it and she just kind of sounds like real muffled kind of bassy you know like not really not really fitting in the mix too well um what you can do but that same thought of adjusting the different frequencies that are coming into the system you can take that you can turn down some of the lower frequencies turn up some of the higher frequencies because again she's a woman she like the higher frequencies on her are going to sound a whole lot better than on a guy (laughs) um so then you kind of do that. So you kind of lower one side and bring the other side up, you know, maybe adjust the volume of it a little bit, but overall, um, but then you'll see how she kind of fits better in that mix with just some, a few small EQ tweaks. So that, that does uh, bring some light to an interesting, you know, problem of, you know, if you share mics with a singer who has a very different sound than you, yes. you know, how, how do you change the EQ quickly? And I guess there are some systems that you can electronically change that very quickly or maybe if you're a good sound guy you can kind of guess what needs to be changed yeah well it all it all depends it all depends really on the equipment you have there so certain pa systems like the actual pa system itself will have what's called a crossover and the crossover it helps connect all the different speakers between the subwoofers and all the different stuff um but within it it has programming in there it will program and it will automatically find the frequencies that are that will be that will have a tendency to feedback in that room you like set up a microphone it does a test all on its own crazy so that will it's called tuning the pa so that will automatically reduce frequencies that are just natural to feedback in that specific environment that it's in but you'll still have feedback issues so that at the mixing board itself you'll find knobs and stuff like that where you can adjust the eq of any specific channel um, to avoid feedback like that so going back to my question which you didn't quite answer but because you probably didn't understand it if you have a a spectrum analyzer or or an eq analyzer telling you what your frequencies are Uh Are you able to, without any technology, yeah. adjust your own output of different frequencies to, to mm-hmm. get in a specific pocket? Like, can you cha- can you train your voice or change your voice on the fly to to fit better in the mix? I, I don't know if you've ever heard of anybody doing this before. I don't know if I, I don't know if it's actually something that people train for, or if it's not even thought of. If you're a really talented vocalist. You could probably sing maybe a little bit more or less bass, like that kind of idea. And, and truthfully, it really depends on what you're saying. So, like, you got to think about it. You're singing a song. All you're doing is singing the notes of a melody. A note's a note. You know, so if you're singing, like, every knee will bow, those notes are da-da-da-da-da. Like, you got you to gotta hit those notes regardless. So it's not like you can sing different notes 
the notes are going to be the same. Therefore, the frequencies are going to be the same. Okay, so there's no there's no way to change it. Like I could I could imagine maybe you sing the same note, mm-hmm. but you maybe uh, I don't know uh, like sing more out of your nose or more out of like a different yeah. different thing, and you get like either more bassy or more tinny sound. And would there be like enough tricks like that? Yeah, where you could where you could think, okay, imagine if all I have is a um, an instrument that's somewhat on the low end or like mm-hmm. the bassier end. Maybe yeah. I should send more t- sing more tinier in order to complement. Well, you that. wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't want to do that just because you want to get the best sound at the source that you possibly can. And really, that's where the the, the sound engineer, the, you know, the guy mixing it, that's where that responsibility fills in. But yes, yeah, so okay. For example, this is going to sound dumb, but if you say like every knee will bow, as opposed to like a <clears throat> like a like a like more of a nasally thing, like. Every knee will bow. Like you, you, I mean, you can do that, but you're you're drastically changing the sound of your voice. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can do it in slight adjustments to like fit in better at the mix. Like it's it's really a completely different. But those that, that's a drastic example of like the kind of idea. Right? I well, I certainly can't comprehend doing it. Okay. Any in any other different way? Maybe some people can. If anybody has experienced this, let me know because I've I've been I've been wondering <laughs> if people if there's anybody who does this. Um, or even even uh, has any sort of biofeedback to like train their voice to mm-hmm. be better. I don't know if anybody actually does do this. I've I've thought about it because I think you know you have these people who can do like um, voice imitations and like mm-hmm. they drastically change their voice if they're EQ differently based on their voice to sound better. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can better fit the EQ they're given by changing their own voice. Well. If you really were in a pinch and you needed to do that, there are simple things like even just like the the like the way you're singing and holding into the microphone. Like if you hold it up real close, it's going to be real boomy and breathy. You know, but if you hold it far away, it's going to it's going to sound tinier. You know, so if you're really in a pinch, I would certainly do that. I would just adjust how I'm singing into the microphone first before trying anything like that because that will actually will have a, a large impact. Okay, so with with that being said. Um... Microphone placement, I guess, is is key. And and on a guitar, it seems fairly simple because the pickups are often in the same areas. But you uh, you get a very different tone from mm-hmm. where you put your pickups or which pickup you use. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about like uh, what it, what it's like whenever you have say three pickups, one close to your bridge, mm-hmm. one about in the middle, and one you know up towards the neck. Yeah. Why why you would pick to use one over the other? And in, in what kind of circumstances? Because I've I've seen you change, mm-hmm. you know, and and I've seen seen you, you know, maybe even change your tone knob, mm-hmm. and uh, and for people who don't know why that happens, you know, yeah. it'd be good to know. Well, when you saw me change my tone knob earlier tonight, that was actually a mistake. Usually, I run my tone knob on my volume knobs 100. percent People do different things, but I just I like to keep it simple and run them at 100. percent The concept actually really isn't all that hard. You change pickups in whatever pickups you're using. In, in this instance, um, if I had three pickups, there are five different selections you can use, um, and you change whatever one you want, just really just based off the sound that you want. So the pickups closer towards bridge are going to have more bite. They're going to be thinner sounding, but they're going to have more bite. Pickups towards the neck are so describe why you would use um, a pickup with more bite or or which which sounds you know more like that um well okay so usually like if you're playing like a solo or something like that you know you want to be able to bite and cut through the mix so usually when i'm playing a solo i switch to the uh bridge pickup or at the very least the middle pickup you know to be able to have that kind of edge to my sound now the rhythm pickups so the ones closer to the neck have more of a bass kind of sound to them they're a little bit more fuller 
Um, I use those actually a lot when I play clean sounds because my, I want my clean sound, unless I'm going for like a real chimey clean sound, um, I want my clean sound to be nice and full and thick. Um, so then I use some more of my rhythm pickups and on my rhythm side for that. So if I'm playing through a song um, and I'm playing like a nice rhythm part, like I'll use my rhythm pickups. But then if I have to play like a solo or like a lead towards the end of it, then I'll switch to my, I'll switch to like my bridge pickups and play them there because that way I can kind of cut through the, the mix a little bit more. Okay. And to give an example from what it would sound like from an instrument would uh would playing with a pickup closer to the neck sound more like a harp and then um towards the bridge would it sound more like a banjo was that a good way of thinking of it i can't think of a better way of thinking of it so okay yeah i guess because for some people who can't quite imagine what it is yeah i guess they could they could think the closer you are towards where your second hand is playing the closer you are playing that way mm-hmm. the more like a harp it will sound yeah and the closer you are Meteor. towards, yeah, the thicker, fuller sound. And then the closer you are towards your bridge, the more twangy or, or uh, banjo. Yeah, twang. It's a thinner. It's a thinner sound. Absolutely. Yeah. Say you have a four-piece band. You know, your guitarist, your drums, your singer, bass. Right. How would they mic recordings for say say we'll we'll start off with um, the hardest. We'll say drums. If they wanted just kind of an average good recording setup for drums. You want you want to you want to put a mic on the kick drum. You want to put a mic on the snare. If you're really like budget wise, basically what I would do is I'd put a, a mic on the kick drum, and then you have two overheads, or at least one overhead, and then one kind of like hovering over the toms and the snare. Um, but I mean, ideally, you want kick drum, snare, hi hat, and two overheads. So that's five. So that would kind of cover drums. Um, and for guitars, we're assuming that they're running into amplifiers. Yeah. And so they're trying to think, do we record straight out of the guitar and then run the effects in the program? Or do we run from the guitar into an amplifier yeah. and then put a, a microphone in front of the amplifier? Yeah, so there's, um, I mean, there's different theories. With guitar, guitars sound best when they run through a tube amp. Any sort of digital effect processing, even within software, is just not going to sound as good. Now, it can sound good for different applications absolutely nothing compares to two ramp so you want to th- put it through them through the amplifier and then get a mic to capture that and when you're micing guitar- a guitar amplifier you don't want to have the mic it, de- it depends on the on the mic some of these it'll work for example this one i have here it's okay if it's like sitting right on the grill the mic itself you don't want it to be like right up against the grill you want it to be back a little bit so the grill he's talking about is the front of the amplifier yeah, it's grill cloth the cloth so you have your speaker inside of your cabinet right yeah and you have a covering over top, and that covering is what you see whenever you look at the amp. Yep. Um, and it's called the grill. You don't want to have, at least often, you don't want to have your microphone right up against yeah. there. Yeah, so you don't want it to be smacked up against it. Back it off an inch or two. You'd be able to see the outline of the speaker kind of through the grill cloth. You don't want to put the mic right in the center. You want to put it off to the side. I usually put mine in the southwest corner of the speaker itself um, because right in the center, it's very brittle, and that's how you pick up the best sound. Since we've gone all the way to mics, I'm going to bring it all the way back to pedals, all right. going all the way through, and we'll do like a speed round, talking about your favorite and then blank pedal. I'll say like your favorite and then like reverb pedal, and then you'll say, you know, what it is and, and maybe why. Yeah. So we could actually start with that. What What is your favorite reverb pedal? Boss RV6. Why? Um, simply because it's only $150, and the sounds that you get from that pedal for $150 is mind-blowing. 
me and my buddy, he wanted, he actually bought one. Um, and we went to Guitar Center to try it out for him. And he had multiple people come over and tell him how good he sounded playing through that. And your favorite distortion pedal. It's like asking me which one of my kids is my favorite. Which, <laughs> disclaimer, I don't have kids. <laughs> but if he did, it would be just as hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone, like, are you kidding me? Of course parents have favorite kids. Of course. Like, okay, anyway. Favorite <laughs> Favorite distortion pedal. Gotta say, honestly, I gotta say that Walrus Audio Mayflower. The Walrus. Yeah, the Walrus Audio Mayflower. Um, it's just a really nice transparent overdrive. It's, it's crisp and clean. It sounds good on all of my guitars. See, the thing is, not every overdrive sounds great on every style of guitar. That one does. So that's why I really like it, even for the for the flexibility. And your favorite wah pedal? I really enjoy my Steve Vai Bad Horsey too. It's actually, it, it kind of works as an inverse of a wall pedal. So most wall pedals kind of go like down to achieve the sound. This wall pedal, you have to push up. So it's like an inverse of it, but it's really fun and really cool. And I think it sounds great. I used it a lot in the Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Man, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. That was a good time. I, I was playing uh, Judah. Sage was Joseph. Yeah. All our friends playing brothers, which was great. Yeah. Really, you couldn't really get out of the musical. It wasn't really an option. No, it really, it really wasn't. <laughs> and me and JD were in the orchestra and we just jammed out the entire your time we had synth solos and guitar solos and drum solos and then everything mrs fair kept yelling at us because we, we kept turning it into a rock show <laughs> yeah and this is kind of like off topic but uh me and ben we both went to like a small private christian school for high yeah. school and uh when you go to a small <laughs> private christian school when they put on a play everybody does it because yeah. if you don't you're gonna miss parts and that yep. can't happen. Yeah. So uh, so everybody's in the musical. And uh, yeah, it's good. Either you were in the orchestra or you're in stage crew or you were one of the parts. It was right. kind of uh, just part of the and deal. If you, if you weren't a part of the orchestra, or if you weren't a part of the musical, you were like shunned. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Delay pedals. Favorite delay? Yeah. Really? I've only ever really used that one. Truthfully, for the style of music that I play, it's hard for me to imagine using a delay pedal that doesn't have presets in it. Um, you can use them and you can like tap tempos, but like the presets allow me so much more flexibility because I can say them. And like at church, we play to a click. Like we play X, Y, and Z song. All I have to do is pull up the patch and it's right every time. So it's hard for me to imagine playing a delay pedal, at least for this type of stuff that I play with that doesn't have presets. And with that, that's the Boss DD500 right there. I think we should get back to like what type of music you play too. But first, you have a MIDI controller right down here it's a pedal that allows you to go to different settings on different yeah. pedals just with one click and the way you described it to me it's instead of having to dance around on different pedals to get yeah. the sound you want tap dancing man yeah tap you dancing tap dance while you play no you can't at the, at the end of one song before you get to the next song tap all the right buttons so how do you set that up how do you set up that kind of pedal so well you have to understand what midi is and midi is basically a way to communicate with hardware um, if you look at it from that perspective, I have three different pedals on my pedal board um, that are MIDI capable, which means if you send it MIDI information, which is kind of just like electronic data packets, um, you can change settings, you can change a whole lot of stuff within them. So I have, a, I have a good number of pedals on my board, and while you're playing, it can be difficult to change all the settings you want to change at one time, especially if you're going from like one part of the song right into the next part, and you have to change five different things. So I got the MIDI controller to control the three different pedals. It's a delay, a uh, modulation, uh, and a reverb pedal. I got the MIDI controller to be able to change all the settings within those pedals with like one tap. So like if I have a verse, all my settings change for the verse and then for the chorus, I hit it again, all my settings change for the chorus and so on and so forth. 
and in your type of music genre that you yeah. play, these kind of changes happen about every song. Yeah, exactly. So if you're playing different music, you know, like if you're just a regular rock and roll player, this would be way overkill for you um, because you kind of have one main sound. And for the type of music I play, like there are different sounds that I have to create sometimes like a half a dozen times within just one song. And then I go to the next song and everything is different. That's why that's why you have that. What is the type of music? I play worship music. So one of the lead guitarists at Lifestone Church and I do a lot of recording and producing on my own. It's just the worship music style. It's kind of based originally off like the U2 kind of style from the 80s. Um, a lot of ambient notes and delay and things like that um, within the music. Um, so what's nice with the presets and everything that I can call up is I can build all my patches for one song and then I can save and then, you know, in another two weeks or three weeks when we do the song again, all I have to do is call up the presets and I don't have to change everything. So for people who are, say, not in the U.S. or they don't understand what type of church it is and uh, it's a Christian church, they have more contemporary music. So they, they use, modern. yeah, modern, I guess is the, the right word for it. Um, but they'll use electric guitars and drums and bass and it looks very much like a, a band like a uh, yeah. like a rock a band the lyrical content <laughs> is normally uh, very much faith based they sing yeah. about uh, praising Jesus and mm-hmm. they sing about all different things they they believe in so uh, what is it like being involved in that opposed to say being in a rock concert yeah. what is the difference it's a great question well I mean to me you just there's just so much more purpose in it I mean I love music I love playing all sorts of different kinds of music when I when I played you know for the work or for the musical it was a wonderful time it was awesome jamming out and, and rocking out with my with my friends but worship it has legitimate purpose. Not that other types of music or other people creating music don't have purpose in that, but this is like act like the most legitimate purpose you could possibly have. You know, as Christians, we're called to worship God in everything that we do. And for me, making music is such a huge part of who I am, whether I'm singing it or whatever, or just playing guitar. The fact that I'm able to, to make music and worship God at the same time is, is just incredible. You come alive when you're playing for Jesus. There's just, there's nothing like it. There really, there truly is not a greater feeling, a greater sense of, of purpose. As a musician, as an artist, as a creative person, there's truly no greater sense of purpose than whenever you're using your art for the glorification of Jesus Christ. I knew a guy for the last 20 years played blues and rock and roll and all sorts of fun stuff. He was a great musician. He loved doing it. I gave him an acoustic guitar told him we're gonna we're gonna sing and we're gonna play about jesus honestly the dude has never been the same since he's now leading worship on his own his sundays are his favorite day of his week because he gets to come in and he gets to worship god with other people and, and make music to him there's really just nothing like it as a creative person specifically with music i don't feel like there's anything there's nothing that can give me the same joy and the same satisfaction not just from playing my guitar because that's not what it's about it's about using the gifts that god gave me to give glory back to him so how does one get started with that? Like if you came in not knowing how you'd start praising Jesus with a guitar or how would you start doing that to, to get that same feeling, to understand yeah. what, it, what it means? Well, honestly, you just kind of have to start. If you want to praise Jesus and you're a Christian and you've been going to church, okay, so you know we sing songs. Honestly, how I got started, I found some, some sheet music for, for a worship song called God of Wonders. It was the first song I ever played on the guitar. Um, and I knew, I said, hey, I know these chords on the guitar. 
So I just kind of started playing along with the chords. I knew the rhythm. I knew the kind of the melody of the song. I just started playing along and there it just kind of took off. So for someone who doesn't know how to play the guitar or, or even knows anything about Christianity, yeah. maybe a good place would be learn the chords for God of Wonders and start yeah. there. Maybe yeah. that would be a good place yeah, to start. Yeah, there, there are. There, I mean, there's a lot of complicated worship songs, but there are so many, so many more real simple ones. How great is our God? Four, four chords. Which actually, it uses the same chords as God of Wonders, doesn't it? It would, yeah, technically. So, so you could actually get a pretty good start on guitar by learning a couple of yeah. worship songs. Yeah, absolutely. There are a great number of songs you could play by just le- the first, you know, four. Four to six chords that you learn as a guitar player, you could play most any worship song, truthfully. Well, we have two bagel bites left, so we're probably going to eat these and then either go to bed or continue working on things. Cheers. But uh, what would we end with? Tune in next time with uh, Fireside Chats with Dan, and uh, we'll talk with uh, whoever's next. Yeah, gosh, I don't know. Who are you going to interview next? I don't don't actually know. I I feel like it would be fun to talk to someone in the medical field. Or uh, someone who experiences something that no one else does, or or experiences something in some way that no one else does, and I'd like to to find people like that. We've been sitting chatting with Ben Christophic about music and sound and Jesus, and pedal boards. I really, I mean, there's very few other things I could ask for in life, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, this is a pretty good time. We're, we've just been eating uh, bagel bites and, and chatting. Yeah. Wait a minute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It is 12.22. You are officially... Oh, my God. You are officially 22 years old. I'm 22 and you're 22 years old. Yes, so I'm, I'm 22 years old. It's 12.22. Aww, happy, let, me sing, let me sing you happy birthday, Dan. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Daniel. Happy birthday to you. Yay! Oh man, this is like a, this is a one for the record books for Fireside Chats with Dan. <laughs> it is. So first one happened on my birthday. I'm 22 and uh, feeling all right. Yeah, I'm feeling all right. I don't know about you, but oh, I have no idea how many people are gonna post that to my wall today. Oh, so many. People. I don't. I don't know if walls will even be a thing when you're listening to this podcast or recording that you be in the future realize that whoever's listening to this could be listening like 3000 years in the future yeah this look could be in the digital archives yeah look up on on daniel barry's wall in 2016 on this thing called facebook that for some odd reason everyone in the early 2000s was completely obsessed with but by your time you probably think it's just dumb yeah you will be amazed at how much time is wasted <laughs> or or just the the vast amounts of data created by the people on Facebook. That is true. So, until then, I will see you in the future. Fireside chats, Dan! That might make it. <laughs> <laughs>